Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So, Alrod, let me get this straight. Yes, sir. Hot rods and happy hour. High octane for your radio dial. But now we're talking high voltage? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how we keep going back around to electric cars, but it's like it just keeps being a reoccurring thing. Well, see, I'm kind of torn because, you know, I'm a diesel truck guy. Yeah, so just to, to flash back, what we were talking about is Tesla has announced in the next six to nine months they're actually going to produce a prototype of a Tesla sem- semi-truck, all-electric semi-truck. So, I mean, they're just so crazy because I, mean, I love electric power. I mean, you know, one of my big buds, you know, has the world's fastest golf cart, and it's an electric golf cart. Well, Robbie Steen up there at Plum Quick. But, I mean, it's crazy. Now, we're talking about all this electric power, and then, you know, I'm a diesel truck guy by trade. So this is so crazy that these two are crossing paths like they are. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, how do you think, you know, if Tesla really gets this off the ground well, and, you know, really does something with this and other manufacturers follow, how, how do you think this I will? Mean, you got to think about it. There's already electric shuttle buses riding around and things like that, but now you're getting into high speed. And the thing you got to think about, you know, with a with a transfer truck is torque is what actually moves the load. Which now with electric, you're going to get torque. You have tons of torque. But now what I'm worried about is actually battery power driving how well, far the distance. You know, believe it or not, they're talking about 250 to 300 mile uh, distance well, on and this. for a city truck, I mean, that would probably be fine. Now, you'll never see these things going cross country, obviously. You know, and I think I think there's a good platform for that, you know, in like your, your U-Haul type trucks. Well, you know, your box uh, trucks, things yeah, like that. Yeah, things like that, just uh, cruising around town making deliveries here and there. I, I think mean, that's... you won't be seeing green U-Haul trucks running around. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Um, but I mean, how how do you think that'll affect you? You know your well, business. Well, that, that affects the industry. You got to think about it. electric motor. Really doesn't have a lot of moving parts at all in it. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple commutators. Well, other than that. that's it. I mean, basically, it's a big starter. You know, and yeah. I mean, you know, you got battery packs. And I'm sure you have some control modules and things like that. But other than that, it's just routine maintenance stuff. Wheel bearings, brakes, things like that. I mean, there's really no maintenance so, there. It sounds to me like Pitt's truck service needs to be Pitt's battery service. Exactly. I tell you what, it's <laughs> crazy. But I mean, like I said, this is this is going to be a good ways down the road. I mean, they're talking prototype, right? now right but right it's a uh, it's something neat it's exciting and i mean you know what i could actually see where that would be handy i mean where you have a truck riding through like beautiful downtown greenville that's not blowing out a big plume of black smoke when it takes off well you know I, i'm a gasoline fueled hot rodder you know gasoline runs through my veins i'm sure you feel the same way i'm sure a little blood too well, maybe a little bit but you know it is nice to have something you know counteracting the carbon footprint that we're leaving behind with all these trucks because i mean everything every time one of these things takes off like you just said this big old black plume of ozone killing smoke hits the air so i mean you know a little counteracting to that is not necessarily a bad thing oh yeah not at all not at all i mean so i mean i could really see where in a city platform that this would actually work if they could get that kind of range from it exactly all right so uh let's get into the meat of the subject here what we're really really came here to discuss today well i'll tell you what guys i'll tell you what everybody loves wheels i mean that's the very first thing you think of when you're doing a build or you buy a new car i mean that's one of those first things you do is you look for your set of custom wheels for your car so get you some nice rims no just right off the bat (laughs) right off the bat i want to drag excuse me even here on even 
Ansel does such a great job. He brings my soapbox with me even when we go live. Excuse me. You got it? I'm up on my I'm up on my soapbox right now. All right, guys. They are not rims. What? Rims is what you put hubcaps on. What? That's a steel wheel you put a hubcap on. That's a rim. A wheel is a wheel. It's an aluminum wheel or if it's magnesium or if it's copper or if it's some kind of alloy. That's a wheel. That's not a rim. So it's not a rim? No. You're kill. It kills me when I hear that. So I can't put rims on my car? Yeah, you can when you put hubcaps on them. <laughs> so, all right, what about Detroit Steel rims? That's technically, I guess, by technicality, is a rim. Okay. But it kills me a little piece. Somebody will have a gorgeous set of wheels on Yeah, check out my new rims. You know what kills me, speaking of that, is when uh, someone buys some new tires, you know, the rubber part. Yeah, and they call them wheels. Yeah, I got some new wheels for my car. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 You put new rubber bands on that. You got tars. You got tars. You got tars. But, I mean, like I said, you know, everybody, you know, a big common thing, everybody says, I got some mag wheels for my car. But where did the where did, where did mag wheel come from? Where did wheels come from? I mean, you got to think about it. Cars didn't come with, you know, factory aluminum wheels on them back in the day like they no, do no, now. No. no, actually, back in the day, it had wood spoke wheels. Yeah, way back in the day. I mean, we're going back. I mean, cars were more of a carriage than they were a car. Yeah, but wooden wheels. I mean, but no matter what you drive, they all have wheels on them. So, and I thought this was really kind of cool, the history behind the mag wheel, so to speak. You know, we all know what they are, but, uh, you know, I want to dig a little deeper and talk about where the custom wheel aftermarket actually began. And where the market really started, which was really crazy, because I don't think it's really where you think it did. Um, it was the first mod you think of with any car, but back in the day, I mean, there was no options. You know, now, I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of wheel vendors out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's been said a million times, wheels and tires make your car. And I mean, you get... Well, wheels and tires are that make and break item that can totally make a car. I mean, looking around here in the field today, there's a ton of nice wheels on some cars around here. Oh, yeah. That really, you know, changed the attitude. Well, I mean, Wilson Tires on a factory car, I mean, can totally change the look of it. Exactly. Just that one thing totally changed the look of the whole automobile. And you can see the most gorgeous car in the world with the wrong wheels and tires on it, and it just totally misses the mark. You know, and I think manufacturers have caught on to that now because manufacturers are producing some really, really nice wheels right off the showroom floor. Like, you look at any of your SRT Challengers and Chargers, the wheels on those are just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Uh, new Camaros. At, new Camaros, yes, absolutely. New Mustangs even. Um just beautiful wheels. I mean, wheels that you don't even really have to change out. They look great. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, you can, of course, add your touches to them, have them powder-coated and things like that. But, but anyway, like I said, but then the aftermarket wheel is even bigger now, the aftermarket wheel manufacturers. I mean, like I said, there's wheel companies. Like when we go to SEMA, there's a whole building dedicated to just wheel companies. Yes. Uh, and it's well, unreal how many different wheels, how many different wheel manufacturers there are out there. I mean, things you've never even heard of, never even seen. And they're all over out there. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, where does the term mag wheel come from? I don't know. Don't you, I, I, I'm guessing magnesium. Well, you know, the term mag wheel gets thrown around a lot to the point to this became just a generic term. Right. Um, originally, you know, outside of the hot rod and racing world, you know, not enough credit was given to Ted Hollibrand. Ted Hollibrand invented the aftermarket wheel. And, of course, you know, any of the guys in the classic hot rodding scene knows what a Hollibrand wheel is. I mean, it's a very nostalgic wheel. They're still made to this day. Um, Ted Hollibrand is the originator of the mag wheel. He developed the very first set of mag wheels because they were made of magnesium. It's a very new material that was actually developed in World War II in aircraft technology. Uh, it was strong yet very, very light, which made for, you know, 
course, lighter cars, which was faster. Obviously, the less weight, the faster you're going to go. And you got less rolling mass there. So that was also very important. And it's very strong. This was in 1946 when the first set was made. 1946. That's right, guys. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's insane. I mean, think about rim technology, or sorry, wheel technology today, how wheels are made and all that, and how far they've came. Think about how it had to be done back in 48. Well, I mean, I think about it. 1946 when they were started, when they made the first set of mag wheels. That was made early in 1946. By the end of the year, he started the Hollerbrand Equipment Corporation because of the demand for these new wheels. That's, so that's kind of neat. That's right mind-boggling. There. That is crazy. I mean, unless a year he just took off because there was no competition. The, uh, he made the only aftermarket wheel, period. So I'm sure everybody was rolling around with a set of these bad boys. Yeah, I mean, they started, you know, they started running these wheels on every type of race car around, you know, from your midget cars, sprint cars, Indy cars, several Indy 500 winners, all the way from the 40s into the, well, 70s, ran a Hellebrand wheel on them. But, uh, I mean, Indy cars, drag cars. It was so popular in the racing world, it, was, it wasn't long till Hollerbrands and other Magwell manufacturers started showing up in the hot rod industry. Because now your hot rod guys wanted a different look for their cars. They wanted a custom wheel that wasn't just a hubcap or something they ordered from J.C. Whitney or got from Moon Eyes or something like that. They wanted these Magwells for their cars. Yeah, you know, and you see Hollerbrands popping back up with, the, you know, the nostalgic gassers. You see a lot of these guys wanting the original wheels like that. Want the original magnesium wheels, yeah. which now you got aluminum alloys. You have so many different styles of wheel now. I mean, you have chrome-bladed steel, etc. But, you know, I mean, that magnesium wheel was the first of the aftermarket wheels. That's why they call them mag wheels. Um, i tell you what, Odd Rod, i got one for you. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you what, I got, we got a commercial to tell you about first. Yeah, so quiz me after the commercial. All right, guys, stay tuned. We're talking about wheels right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod! What's going on, man? <laughs> you caught me in the break there, and, and I just got I got I to say something for a dear friend of ours. Go ahead and say it. How about that beautiful Florida pass at the end of the game? <laughs> Sorry, Gray. <laughs> Uh, that was gorgeous, wasn't it? <laughs> it? It was a gorgeous pass, but it was against against our buddy Gray's team, Tennessee. But you know what? There's always next week, guys. There's always next week. That's what every loser says. But I tell you, <laughs> speak easy now. Speak easy. <laughs> Love All you, right. Gray. <laughs> All right, guys. I tell you what. We're talking about wheels right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We're talking about the history of the mag wheel. And we were talking about hollow brands, which is the oldest wheel brand around. But I tell you something else. Odd Rod, what do you think is the most popular style mag wheel even you'll see today? Um, honestly, if I had to guess, a Craig or SS mag. Well, our five-spoke mag. Yeah, five-spoke mag. Five I mean, they're mag. on my car. They're on both of your cars. Exactly. A five-spoke mag. I mean, that's just that quintessential style that's never died. You know, I mean, you even see it on the import cars. You see it on the hot rods. You see it in the truck scene. Just that classic five-spoke mag. I mean, you even see it on that late model Camaro right there. I mean, it's just a five-spoke mag. It's just a good-looking wheel design that's just stood the oh, test yeah. of time. And, I mean, there's been several thousand variations of Our it. Our boy Schmitty's got a 24-inch uh, yeah, five-stars. Five, yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, I mean, through the years, they've changed, you know, all this different stuff. But that started in 1956. And that's crazy how long that's been around. 1956. Yeah, that's the year my dad was born. That's, I mean, that's a minute. That, that's, that's 60 that, plus years. Yeah, 61 years ago. Uh, I mean, that's really crazy. You know, that design started, like I said, back in 1956 with a torque thrust, which was invented by a new company called American Racing Equipment, Romeo Palomino. Palomino. 
Palum- that's Palumides. So, that's so American you can't even say it. <laughs> exactly. Romeo Palumides, an early drag racing innovator and the grandfather of the jet-powered dragster designs in the early 50s for competition, started American Racing Equipment. When he saw the demand for aftermarket wheels that Hollerbrand had in racing and streetcar applications, crazy over 60 years ago, the five-spoke wheel was invented, and that was his first wheel he came out with with American Racing Equipment. And the crazy thing is you can buy a torque thrust wheel to this day. Oh, yeah, there's still plenty of hot rodders rolling around torque thrust. And now they've, you know, they've kept with the times, and you can give them in 20s, 18s, you know, stagger them out, 18, 19s. I mean, they're still here today, and they're in the market. I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, that's crazy. 1956. And I when you got something that sells, when you do something right, what's somebody going to do? Copy it. Duh. Exactly. You had tons of spinoff companies. Companies popping out of the woodwork with this stuff. I think and I it, mentioned one of them. Well, exactly. Well, even back then, though, in the early 60s, you had Pardonelli Jones, who was sponsored by American Racing. I mean, this was an IndyCar legend. He saw the money and what American Racing was doing with their aluminum wheel business. He started his own wheel company. And you may have heard of this company. It's called U.S. Mag Wheel. He started with his buddy, Art. And he was actually a childhood friend. His name's Art Hale. He started U.S. Mag Company. And U.S. Mag has been bought and sold out through the years. But that name has come back. And they've come out with some gorgeous wheels and the big diameters and all that stuff that's really hot now. So that's kind of cool to see these old school names popping back up in the wheel companies. Yeah, I mean, you got all your traditionals. You know, obviously, Hollibrand. You know, U.S. Mag, you know, Torque Thrust, Krager, and all these guys are still here in the game. You know, and they may have been tossed around a little bit. I think I think American Racing is about the only one to stay true, but, you know, they've all been tossed around, but it is awesome to see. Well, American Racing has been bought and sold out several times. Okay, never mind. They've all been tossed around. Then. Yeah, I mean, there's very few companies that have kept original ownership, in, in, especially in the wheel game. Um, I tell you, you know, something that's really, really cool is, you know, the American Mag wasn't a magnesium wheel. It was an aluminum wheel. It's so still now, an alloy, though. But it's an alloy, but it's an aluminum alloy wheel. So the thing that's crazy about it, so now they started out in magnesium in the 40s and the 50s, and magnesium wheels stayed strong through the 60s and right there at the tail end of the 60s. But now you're starting to see the resurgence of aluminum wheels coming in. And, uh, you know, the early Torque Thrust Mac actually was designed for purpose more than design. And that's the thing that's crazy about it. When you look at the spokes of a Torque Thrust thrust American racing wheel. Even today, you notice that the spokes are curved in. That yep. was pointed. That's to direct air to cool the brakes. Very intelligent. Very, very cool. And that's what it was designed for. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, that just looks cool with pointed spokes. They were actually there for a reason. That's very intelligent. I did not know that. That's right. Now we know why the drums stay so cool on the boot thing. <laughs> but uh, but I'll tell you something else, Audrey. I got a little trivia for you. What you got? You know, another very popular wheel brand that came out in the 60s. Of course, Krager wheels. Right. The Krager SST Mag. Who hasn't owned a set? Of Krager SST Mags. And this was crazy. I mean, this this wheel was extremely popular in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Even today, you still see these wheels popping around. But I want to give you a little trivia. Where did the name Krager come from? Surely to God, it was someone's name or something like that. Kind of. A dog's name in the family or something. No, kind of. The guy that started Krager, he started Krager Manufacturing in 1930 making cylinder heads. His name was Crane Gartz. So it's the first three letters of his first name and the first three letters of his last name, Kreger. That's that's way better than Gartz Wheels. Yes, it is way better than Gartz Wheels. Uh, you know, Kreger is also the first company to establish safety guidelines for their one- and two-piece custom wheels. I mean, you got to think about it. There was no SAE or government testing or weight testing on any of these aftermarket <laughs> wheels. So they were the first ones to actually step up and make like a mandated thing. 
for safety with their with their aftermarket wheels. Uh, that's probably pretty smart. Well, you got to think about it. the Crater wheel was also very different. The SST is what I'm talking about here. That's a steel rim, which is the hoop part, and the actual center section, the spokes you see, is a chrome-plated aluminum pressed in. You know, it's funny. You talk about how Crager started, like, safety for wheels, but... Aren't those wheels kind of notorious? I've heard a few stories of uh, the, uh, giving the, way under a little pressure. Well, well, the direct bolts were the ones that weren't too bad, but they had they came out with a design, and this was actually a mid-'70s thing. They had a unilug design where you could actually put these washers that were kind of pill-shaped, and they were oval. And what you could do is you could flip them so it would go from, like, a small GM bolt pattern to, like, a large truck bolt pattern. Or, you know, it would do two bolt patterns. So, four and three quarters to a five. Yeah, exactly. You could flip, you know what I'm saying, and do two, two bolt patterns with one set of wheels. And, you know, in theory, this is a good idea, but if you get those washers just a little off or if you get one of those lug nuts back out just a little bit, it is horrible. Yeah, that don't that don't sound like fun. It sounds like you might lose a wheel going down the road. It's very possible, actually. It puts a lot of stress on the studs of the wheel. It's just amazing that a wheel company that set the standards for safety innovation came out with that <laughs> yeah of course and I mean, such a fail as far as safety well i mean you know at the time it was a bright idea but you know what i mean and i mean i mean you still see you could actually i don't think you could buy those wheels per se anymore but they still sell the kits for the buy to buy the replacement washers for those wheels yeah i've seen the washers pass around before uh you know i think you can still get them out like jc whitney and things so now you think about how materials change we're talking about how it went from a magnesium alloy to an aluminum alloy now we're talking about a chrome plated rim steel rim with an aluminum chrome plated center section so now i mean now it's changed again the materials they're using and now you know the research aluminum is the king now in in your wheels but i mean that was funny that how the approach that craiger took and of course craiger's still around to this day and they've been bought and sold out a thousand times craiger actually started out in ohio and now they're unfortunately it's an offshore company but you know what i'm saying i mean it's still a great company and they still produce the craiger sst mag Yep. So now, now they're just across the pond doing it. Yeah, they are. They're across the they cross the big water. <laughs> you know, and you got to think during the times, uh, you know, World War II was going on. There was a lot of things happening, and, and and the requirements for steel was there. So I wonder if that had anything to do with the shift to aluminum wheels. It could. It could really have a lot to do with it, actually. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about more wheels coming up right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. So stay tuned. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour, 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod! What's going on, dude? I see you over here pushing buttons. Yes, sir, I'm, uh... That scares me. I'm actually working on a little something-something here. Working on something? Yeah, I'm trying... I'm trying to get our text line back up. Oh, Lord. That's what we need, somebody telling us what we're doing wrong? Yeah, and I, I think I think I got it. Uh-oh, that's dangerous. I, You know what? I think I do have it. All right. I'll tell you what, guys. We're talking about wheels. We're talking about the aftermarket wheel, where it came from. We're going through the years with the aftermarket wheels. And we were talking about the Kreger SST mag in the 60s. You know, and I mean, that was a very popular wheel. I mean, you've seen this car on numerous muscle cars, drag cars, and show cars back in the day, and even on race cars. Um, the Kreger SST mag wasn't exactly the lightest mag wheel in the world, but it was also very, very popular. It was a very good design on those wheels. It was a very great design. They were gorgeous wheels. And another five-spoke mag. Another five-spoke mag. And like I said earlier, I don't think there's anybody around 
who's owned a hot rod and who has not had a set of Craig or SS mags. I want to tell you something. I've never personally owned a set of Craig or SST mags. I actually bought a car with a set on there once. Okay, time. so you, they were on there for a few minutes. So you anyway. had them by proxy. Yeah, I had them. I had them for a few minutes till I changed them. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they are a little dated, but I mean, still a great. Well, if you're building a period car, I mean, that's that's what you would have. Right. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, so we're switching gears. You know, we're going through the '60s now, the muscle car age. You know, we went through the hot rod stage with the Halibrands and American Racing and the U.S. Magwheels. But now we're in the '70s. Ooh, good time. So when I'm thinking low riders, what do you think of what type of wheel when you think of a low rider? Dude, that is absolutely a no-brainer. How about Dayton's spoke Dayton wheels, wire wheels? Everybody, I mean, this is this is like you know, the staple wheel for the low rider guy. It's funny you start talking about low riders, and here comes Breezy. I'm telling you. She she represents. She represents. She's been in the switches. I'm How you doing, Breezy? That's right, guys. We've got the original Batmobile up here at the Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I where, love this thing. Where's that? It's right there. It's right here on the other side. Oh, Lord. I didn't even see it pull in. Okay. When that happened? Well, I mean, I don't know. The Cape Crusader himself's there. You know what? I'll tell you who else don't get to see the Batmobile. Anybody who's not here. I'm telling you what, guys. The Batmobile is here at Hot Rods and Happy Hour. That is so cool. I love that car. It's definitely something fun to look at. We got we got the Ecto One here too. That's right. We got the Ecto point five. <laughs> yeah, the Ecto point five. That is the coolest thing ever. All right, guys. So um, we're talking about wire wheels. We're wire talking wheels. about the lowrider guys now. In the seventies, I mean, you just had the popular the popularity of the lowrider cars coming out, and you know these wire wheels were so popular. Now, keep in mind, wire wheels were not invented in the seventies. Wire wheels came out. You know, I'll be honest with you, some of your early A models had wire wheels from the factory. Oh yeah, back in the uh, wooden spoke era. Well, as the we steel, mentioned earlier, the steel there were a steel what they called a bent spoke style wheel. Um, you know, and then you had you know, your Kelsey Hayes wires, like you've seen on back on your classic T birds and Buicks in the fifties. But these, and then, of course, in European, all the knockoff spinners. Exactly. And, I mean, those were McLean wires and Kelsey Hay wires also. But now you had the Dayton wire wheel. And there were several spinoff companies, of course, of wire wheels also. But Dayton is the just the Mac Daddy for the lowrider guys. And, I mean, whether it be a 13 by 7 or a 24-inch wire wheel, you know, I mean, they make it. And, you know, Dayton, of course, in any variety you can think of, spoke counts and size. I don't think there's any way to go other than a 13 by 7 though. Well, the thirteen by seven with your with your, with your Vogue tires. I mean, that's a hard miss, especially if you got gold spokes. I mean, that just makes my heart flutter just a little bit. Isn't that just sexy? Well, it is sexy, and I mean, of course, you know, Dayton wires are a little different. You know, Dayton's don't bolt on like a traditional wheel does. They actually have an adapter that bolts on. It's a true knockoff wheel. That little flipper you see in the middle that holds the wheel on. Yeah. So if you go to knock it off, it'll fall off. Exactly. Hence the knockoff wheel. And you know, there's been a lot of uh, spoke wheels companies that spoke wheel companies that have came out, and they got a little slick with this. You got bolt on center cap, and underneath is lugs. Exactly. I think that's pretty slick. Well, McLean wires came out with something similar to that, but the way you can tell it is, it's going to be a it'll be a big center in the middle of that wheel. Yes, so there will. The spokes are going to be short. Yeah, if you see a you know, I would say roughly what five inch. Well, uh, yeah, five, five and a half inch. Five five and a half inch center. That's all. That's going to be a bolt on center wheel. Yep. And I mean, those are good looking wheels. Oh, for respect. McLean came out with a set. American Racing came out with a set of those wire wheels, actually. Um, you know, and it's you know, it's a safer I, wire you, wheel. You know, I actually sure. had a set of those American Racing ones. Oh Lord. Yeah. I you had, know, Craig actually came out with a set of the bent spoke. You know. Back at the, the Texas guys, they love those things. Well, the problem is if you got anything, anything at all with any kind of horsepower to it at all, and you go to spinning the tires, you're going to start launching spokes everywhere. Well, this is the thing you got to think about with wire wheels. I got a little pop quiz for you, Odd What's up? Dayton Wire Wheel Company. Right. What do you think the majority of the gender is that builds the wire wheels for Dayton? The gender. The gender of the majority. How many? Is there more guys or more girls working for Dayton Wire Wheel? I mean, I would think someone building wheels would be a guy, right? 
wrong. What? This is something crazy. You know, you got to keep in mind these wire wheels are bolted in. Each spoke is bolted in. Right. The spokes are so tight. Women generally have smaller hands, so they employ a lot of women to put together the wheels. That's crazy. They're still hand put together to this day. That's crazy. I mean, that's pretty smart. It makes sense. It is. So, I mean, that's something really cool. And, of course, the low-rider industry loves these wheels. Look, you know, of course, wire wheels are not the toughest wheels ever. I mean, you catch a pothole with a wire wheel or, or anything like that, I mean, it's gone. You don't go spinning tires with wire wheels. I mean, that's just a no-no from way back. Because if your spoke loosens up, it starts losing air. Next thing you know, you got a flat everywhere you go. you got vibrations. Well, you know, I know a lot of guys that actually ran, like, an air tube inside the tires when they ran spoke wheels. Oh, yeah. You'll see a lot of guys that actually will run a tube. Did you get our text line up, Ansel? No, no, he's not paying attention. So I'm gonna say no, he did not. No, so he not, did not. You're not gonna be able to text. This. Sorry. All right, guys, but I'll tell you something now. So, so we talked about our low rider guys. So like I said, the wire wheels were hot. I mean, you know, and still to this day, I mean, that's one thing that hasn't changed. I mean, we're talking a 40 year span here, and they're still running those same wires today. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they're absolutely gorgeous. They're timeless. It is a timeless look, and I mean, we matter of fact, we were talking about the old Boattail Buicks. Yeah, I, I, mean, I bought one online for sale for $6,000, which has set uh, 20s on it. And I was like, gorgeous car. But Rob and I looked at each other at the same time and said, you know, we could lose them 20s, and Riddlers. Take them off, put some 13x7s on there. 13x7 Dayton's with some Vogue tires. Yeah, she'd be telling, right. That's nothing but loving, kids. That's just <laughs> That just makes my heart go pitter-patter right there. That's the love machine. To, 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 the beat, <laughs> to the beat of a Snoop Dogg song, but you know what I'm saying. I love it. <laughs> Oh, man, I'll tell you what, we trucked right on through the 70s. You know, it's like a disco inferno. We're scrolling into the 80s. i tell you what, the billet craze was huge starting in the early 80s. I mean, billet aluminum was just like it was just invented. I mean, these guys loved it. The hot rod guys loved billet aluminum stuff. And there was one guy that was like the grandfather of billet aluminum. He started off for everybody. All these companies that do the billet aluminum accessories now. You know, I think I think I know who this guy would be. Yeah, actually, you probably do. He, uh, he actually was born in Idaho. I know, which is odd. Rupert Idaho, to be exact. I've never even heard of Rupert Idaho. Um, he was a, he attended a machinist trade school, and he moved to Cypress, California, to to open up his very own hot rod shop. But to help support his hot rod shop to get it off the ground, you know what he did first? I do not. He was an engineer and a machinist for Disneyland. Really? At night. All right, guys, if you haven't called on yet, we're talking about the legendary Boyd Coddington. That's right, guys, Boyd Coddington. He, uh, he, he started out building hot rods, and he would build custom wheels for his cars only. Um, he built several of the America, America's Most Beautiful Roadster Award winners, uh, Riddler Award winner cars. I mean, just gorgeous cars, but he made custom wheels for all his cars. That was his, that was his niche thing. If he built it, he had his own custom wheel on it. Well, you know, Boyd's cars, his wheels too, it, but his cars, the, I hate to use this word again, but they're timeless. They're, they're cars that look good when they were built. They'll look good 10 years from now. They'll look good. 50 years from now, his cars are just like a time machine to older days, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, like I said, you know, the billet's kind of died out a little bit, but it's coming back. It is. It's making a return. Actually, you got, well, uh, they're not billet, but you got some uh, Boyd wheels on your truck. Actually, I do have Boyd wheels on my truck. And, I mean, Boyd Codding through the years, and we're going to talk about this some more in depth. But, I mean, you know, Boyd Codding was, you know, I mean, just legendary. And, I mean, not just wheels. I mean, you know, engine accessories, brackets. Anything you can think of, they can make out a CNC, put in a CNC machine and make out of aluminum, they made it. Yeah, I mean, he was big in roadsters. And, and you know, another guy I got to start with, Boyd Coddington, I know you know. 
Oh, yeah. I know several guys that got their start with them. Who's the major one? How about Chip Foose? There you go. That's right, guys. Chip Foose before, you know, overhauling and all that stuff. Yeah, he was he was punching the clock at Hot Rods by Boyd. <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy because now Chip Foose has his own wheel line. Exactly. Which Now, now keep in mind, Chip Foose's wheel line is made by a company called MHT, which makes several wheel right. lines. Uh, it's more more or less it's a wheel line with Foose's name on it. But Designed by Foose's some, theme, yeah. Yes, he does have a say in them, I'm sure. But uh, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he came from that. He was taught by the best, and became one of the best himself. So, and one heavy hitter in the wheel game, really. I tell you, another big name, Jesse James. Jesse James, and Jesse James has made his own wheels. Yes, exactly. Jesse James started out working for Hot Rods by Board, and of course, you had Charlie Hutton, the famous painter. And this guy, any show car you see, odds are Charlie Hutton probably painted it. Yeah. Um, this guy is a legend in California with his custom paintwork, and he started out. Rods by Boyd. And you actually seen him on Boyd's show. Yep. I mean, so a lot, American of, Hot Rod. A lot of great things have come out of Boyd's shop, you know, and wheels were no exception. He he produced probably some of the – him and Billet Specialties produced probably some of the most beautiful Billet wheels to come out during the time. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. When you had Billet Specialties, and of course you had Budnick come in there. I mean, these wheels Budnick were Budnick was another good one I forgot about. Yes, Budnick was another good one. They're still all around today. Boyd, though, had a really big problem. He was a great designer. He was a great innovator. And he was a good businessman, but he kind of gets sidetracked on something and made some really bad moves. He actually filed for bankruptcy in 1998. Um, when he came back, he did a really, really, really bad move that's really haunted him and his son now still to this day. Yes. He actually sold the rights to his name because it was so popular for the billet wheel. Everybody knew those as Boyd wheels. Well, he sold his name to a company, uh, you know, and next thing you know, they're selling their wheels with his name on them. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's it's still a Boyd wheel. I mean, it's just made by a different company now. I mean, that's like the ones that are on your truck. Yeah, they are Boyd wheels, but they're no longer produced by Boyd, sadly. No, they're not. They just have his name on them, which, which is kind of sad, and we're going to get into this in a little more depth here in just a few minutes after this commercial break. All right, guys, stay tuned. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour right here on 106.3 WORD. Rob Pitts, how are you doing, sir? Man, I'm having a great time. The weather's perfect. We're right here live coming at you at Ruby Tuesdays on Woodruff Road. All right, two things. One, I just got a cool announcement. Our boy Tanner Gray just won at Charlotte. Exactly. Carolina Nationals pro stock. Tanner Gray, we were just talking about him. He's going to be a call-in guest right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Probably coming up within within the next two weeks. He'll be on the air. Yes. Um, so that's exciting news. Uh, exciting news number two. If you're not here at Ruby Tuesdays on Woodruff Road, you're about to miss out because we got this last segment to cover with you guys, and then it's about to get heated around here. We got a big announcement for Hot Rods and Happy Hour. But after that, we're going to have a little uh, competition, and I, that's all I'm going to tell you. Exactly, guys. I'm going to tell you something. You do not want to miss it. Make sure your camera phone is charged up because you're going to need it. Exactly. All right, so we're talking about these wheels. We're talking about Boyd Coddington. We're talking about everything going on there. You know, Bill Specialties has done stepped in on the game, and you left off at a very interesting point. So why don't you pick back up? Well, you know, we were talking about Boyd Coddington. Boyd Coddington was so successful through the 80s. He actually went public. I mean, this company made like $33 million in one year. And that's absolutely impressive. For a wheel company based out of California. I mean, they, they were they made one at a time. I mean, these aren't press, you know, like, you know, just production-made wheels. These are made-to-order wheels mainly. Um, Boyd started using some cheaper techniques called cast 
wheels. And that's what you'd use in more of a production style wheel. And actually the wheels on my truck are cast Boyd wheels. But, I mean, they still had great quality. They shine good. They're not quite as strong as a CNC billet wheel, but for street applications, they're totally fine. Yeah, I don't think you're bouncing that truck down the track that often either. Exactly. I mean, there's very few situations where you really, really have to have that certain wheel. Um, but you know what I'm saying, you know. But he kind of dropped back on his quality, but he also made another bad move. He sold his name. That's that something you don't do. Well, that name was very popular. And what he did was, is, you know, everybody knew the billet wheel. Oh, you got a Boyd wheel, Boyd's wheels. He sold that name to a company, and uh, he actually sold it to a company called American Republic Wheels. Well, American Republic Wheels actually copied some of his wheels. I mean, you got to think about it. You don't copyright a wheel design, um, you know, So because they come out with so many of them, you really can't copyright it. So they took some of his popular designs, and they started making them and putting his name on them. Yeah. While well, he I mean, was making them, too. When you own the name, you can kind of do that. So basically, they put Boyd Cotton out of business because he sold his name. And there's nothing Boyd really could do about it. And another bad thing is Boyd Cotton's son came up in this business. Chris Cotton, super cool guy. I mean, Chris is a great kid. Well, he does. He makes custom wheels, too. Hot Rods by Boyd. But do you know why it's called Hot Rods by Boyd? Because legally, he can't call his wheels Boyd's wheels because the name has been sold to American Republic. Sadly, he can't even use his own father's name. He can't even use his own last name. Yeah. Yeah. Because his father sold that name. And, I mean, these were just one of numerous bad business deals. He actually signed a deal with Kreger. Kreger made their own cast billet wheel, and they called it Kreger's by Boyd. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it, it, it flew over like a lead balloon. They were only out for about a year or two. And uh, my, old Brad, my buddy Brad over at Bond Speed was actually telling me about that, and he was working for him then. And uh, he was telling me about that whole deal. He remembers when he signed it. He said just cringe, the cringe on his face, you know, knowing that was just a bad move. But he needed capital to keep the business running. I said, you know, and he came back strong, you know, with American Hot Rods, the TV show. It was a wonderful show, and it ran all the way up, you know, to Boyd's demise when he passed away with diabetic issues. Yeah, in 2008, it was complications of diabetes when he passed away. I mean, Boyd Coppin was a staple for, you know, 30 years in the hot rod industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a legend in his own right, and his well, I mean, name still lives I mean, on. Obviously, about, we're here talking about him. Exactly. I mean, you think about some of the cars he built. Cadzilla. Yeah. The Lumacoop. Shazoom. I mean, just to name a few. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Cadzilla is probably one of the most famous Cadillacs ever owned by ZZ Top. Oh, I yeah. mean, Shazoom, I don't even know where it's at. It, that well, it's well, actually been repainted, that car. That car has actually been re-redone. Did not. Um, who is it? Uh Ray Everham, did he not own that car for a no, while? No, Ray Everham, to my knowledge, never owned Shazoom. That car got passed around a lot. That car really got a bad rip. Um, it was an all-hand-built aluminum 57 Chevrolet. There yep. was no piece of it 57 Chevrolet, but it was shaped and inspired No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what Ray Everham had. Ray Everham had some of the last cars that Boyd was working on. Actually, he did. He had a couple 44s he yep. had. And he had a 44 truck and a 44 car. Yeah, that, that Boyd Cotton had. It was a shop truck and a really nice 44. Actually, it was a Woody. What a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a 44 Woody. Those cars sold at Bear Jackson. Yeah, that, these were the last cars that Boyd were actually working on when he passed. So, really, really pieces of history. So, I mean, but you know what? Boyd passed on, but the wheel market didn't. The wheel market continued to grow and continued to advance, continued to change. Well, I mean, it has changed. I mean, you now you have... You know, the big thing now, of course, is the larger diameter wheels. I mean, you know, the days of 15-inch wheels are gone now. I mean, you still see them, but very, very, very rare. Now, you know, it's it's all 18s and up. I mean, 
Yeah, if you got a set of 17 inch wheels anymore, that's I mean, small. 17s are the new 15s. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And now you're seeing the 20s and the 22s. I mean, they're even showing up in the old car market. I mean, I got a 65 Malibu that has 20 inch wheels on it. Well, you know, coming in here today, I saw a, uh, uh, golly, uh, a Pontiac, uh, God, my name slips my mind, Catalina. Uh, sitting on a set of 30 inch wheels. Oh, yeah, I man, that's insane. Now, keep on, that's the donk crowd there. That's a whole nother realm. That we didn't even touch base. You know, that actually started out in Florida. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, with them, you got companies like Forgiato Wheels. Uh, these things are $5,000 wheels. Oh, yeah, a piece. And they're quality. You oh, know, yeah. Well, they're gorgeous. I mean, they're works of art. But, I mean, they're absolutely huge. Yep. I mean, so the, the market's changed quite a bit. You know, standard, you know, 20-inch wheels is pretty common now on a lot of newer cars. I mean, most cars come with 20-inch wheels on it now. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of factory cars with 22s on them. You can actually get a new Suburban or new Chevrolet truck with 22-inch wheels on it. Yeah, and gorgeous-looking wheels to boot. I mean, you know, both of our trucks have a set of 20s on from the factory. From the factory. But, I mean, another thing that's cool about the, the wheel market is the trends and the changing of them now. And I love how you're seeing the bigger wheels actually showing up. And i tell you something that's cool. You know, something as iconic as a steel wheel with a hubcap. They're now making that steel wheel in the larger diameters, but they're actually cast aluminum, so they're light. Yeah, uh, well. In, in, in 18s and 20s. And I mean, you got people like Centerline producing those wheels. Exactly. Well, then you got companies like Detroit Steel, and you got Coys even popping out, the new C33 they came out with. And it's an aluminum version of like a Detroit Steel wheel. But, I mean, that's how cool is that? I mean, so you got that old school iconic look with the, you know, with the dog dish caps, but in this large diameter. You can even get the white walls in 20s and 22s now. Yeah, and, and then, you know, wheel, wheels technology is stepping on further past that. I know a lot of you guys probably watch, you know, what, bitching rides on uh yeah on Discovery Channel on Discovery Channel and you know with uh everything that Dave's doing out there Dave Kindig they've actually got wheels now that have white walls built into them yeah we he, actually saw that guy in SEMA yeah the guy that's building those this guy's building those wheels and what he actually does is it looks like it's a 15 inch wheel with a wide white well a wide white's a three inch white wall well the white wall is actually part of the wheel it's actually an 18 inch tire. Yep. And the wheel is an 18-inch wheel, but it looks like a 15-inch wheel. And the white is actually a powder-coated ring that's part of the wheel. Yeah, I mean, so you get to run a modern-style tire. Well, that, um, and you also get the handling and all that. And still that classic, classic look. look. Yeah, so, so you can run big brakes on your car. Where, you know, you got to think about it. you got cars with 13- and 14-inch rotors on them now. So, obviously, you can't run a 14- or 15-inch wheel. But you can look like you are with these wheels. Yeah, you can go autocrossing with white walls. Well, and that's the thing that's cool about <laughs> it, because they had a black 58 Corvette sitting there that looked bone stock original until you opened the hood. It had an LS6 in it, and it had 14-inch Brembo brakes on it all the way around, which was insane with these big wide whites. Yeah, now keep in mind, when you run a 14-inch brake like I'm running on my wagon, you can't run anything smaller than an 18-inch wheel because it just won't clear. And in some of the calibers, you got to have a 20 to come to, to, to clear yeah, them. Because there's wheel or brakes set up now that is even bigger than what I got, like with the new Corvettes. So I mean, you know, you talk about like a bare six-piston caliber brake. You got to have these big wheels to to go around them. So it's cool that you know for the guy who's wanting that white wall look but wants the modern comfort and technology. There's options out there. Oh yeah, there's tons of options out there, and it's so funny how you see the trends coming back. You know what I mean? Like, of course, like we was talking about the steel wheels coming back and the dog dish hubcaps and things like that. But now you're starting to see more and more of your old school styles. Of course, you know, we were talking about the five-spoke Mac. It'll never die. It'll be here forever. Well, you know, I mean, a perfect example, and we mentioned it early. Thinking about uh, what was around 05 when Mustang came back with the old school body style, and the first thing they done is threw a torque thrust style wheel on those cars well, yeah, to give that, it that classic look. It takes it back to the, uh, the Steve McQueen era. 
you know, with the oh, bullet yeah. Mustang. Yeah. I mean, and that, I mean, how? I mean, it's just you know they pull them from the '60s. I mean, you know, and that's the thing that that look will never die. Yeah. It looks good. I mean, a five-spoke mag. I know we joke about Detroit stills look good on everything, but a five-spoke mag looks good on everything. That's right. Speaking of looking good, we gotta go. So we can look good here at Ruby Tuesdays. You need to come out here and join us. That's right, guys. Come on out. You haven't missed it yet. All right, guys. This has been Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I am Odd Rod. I'm Rob Pitts on 106.3 WORD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.